So Embor doesn't stand out very much, unfortunately. It's got short legs. <laughs> it does have short legs. Short, short legs. arms, too. That's short everything. It's not much of a fighting type. Short honestly. nose, short ears. Big guy. Uh, long flames. Long flames. <laughs> That's the nicest thing anybody's ever said about Embor. You're tuned into the GoCast podcast, your one-stop shop for updates, news, tips, and community in the world of Pokemon Go. Thank you for listening. Hopefully there's no great barrier for all trainers to get a shiny Corsola. July's Community Day has been announced, but can it bring home the bacon? Some new exploration bonuses have inspired some dire ire. Move over, Mickey. There's a new plump mouse in town. And more on this episode of GoCast. Hello and welcome to the GoCast podcast, episode 150. Wow, woo, air horn sounds, eh, 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 car alarms going off. Whatever, I don't know. What do people do to celebrate things? I don't know. I'm your host, Chris, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Kyle. Hiya. What up, Kyle? How's it going? It's going. It's okay. Yeah? Yeah. I'm just, I was thinking about maybe changing it up. I'm going to start being like, yo, what up, Kyle? what it do? To try to get a more interesting response out of you. How do you I, feel about that? I would probably just look at you blankly <laughs> it's do chris it do <laughs> and we'd be right back where we started amazing anyway before we get started for real here shout out to three brand new patrons of ours todd richard and rick stink thank you for making me say rick stink i appreciate the handle uh but thank you very much for your patronage and we hope that you enjoy the discord looking forward to getting to know you better there so okay just to just to kind of address the elephant in the room really quick, we are going to be talking about the uh, the updates and things and things being taken away and the COVID bonuses and everything everybody's mad about on social media, but we're going to get there in due time. We're not leading with it. We're going to get to it at the end of the news section. So if you're wondering, where is the outrage? Where's the coverage? <laughs> we, <laughs> we're going to have our discussion in a little while. But first, we have... Our usual traditional things we've got to go through, such as acknowledging our failures from the week previous. Oh, man, I can't wait. I'm so excited, Kyle. I look forward to this every single week. So uh, last week, you and I set some goals, the first of which for you was 30 Ultra League wins. No. You know, when you, when you said it, I was really skeptical. No disrespect, <laughs> but I was not, pretty skeptical. Not, not only is that no, it's I didn't even touch ultra league this week not even once but you booted up you're like wait a minute that's not great league close <laughs> <laughs> no no i didn't even open go League. i'm just like uh-uh it's just i just i know i need to be in a certain mental space to do uh go battle league that's yeah. not great league and it just didn't happen that's fair enough i understand and respect that but uh you, you still lose good day sir <laughs> i i do <laughs> all right did you manage to snag a shiny reggie gigas i did you did i did when was this uh, about five hours ago wow at the buzzard that's what Kinda. i said in discord how joke can you go <laughs> invite me to a raid 
I, I did a fair few. I did, I don't know, probably 15 over the weekend. Mm-hmm. And last one that I did, got it. I'm like, yeah. Good for you. It's a good looking shiny, despite my reservations about the Pokemon itself. Now, the best part is it's a 10, 10, 10. <laughs> that, that is that is good for all of our PGR crossover listeners. J level for sure. Nice. <laughs> I, I, I shared it in Discord and they're like, no way. Is that a Shundo? And then I shared a picture of the IVs and they're like, oh, it's the opposite. <laughs> It's as close to a Nundo as you're going to get out of a raid, so good for you. Yep, yep. Yeah. Uh, and then lastly, did you hatch 50 eggs? I did not. How close did you get? Not not close at all, actually. I, oh, okay. Like 20. I did not walk very much at work this last week, and so it just didn't happen. It was a, it was a slow work week. Let's go with that. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. Well, that's a one out of three for you, Mister Kyle. Welcome to the to the one out of three uh, gang. Look, not- I have I have a bad excuse. Okay, I've been cheating on Pokemon Go with another Pokemon game that's oh. taken a fair <laughs> amount of my. You should say that time. now. You should tell us what it is now. It's going <laughs> to surprise many people. Uh, I've I've started playing Pokemon Masters, <laughs> which okay, ju- just. We don't talk about this game because we're a Pokemon Go podcast, but I would like to let everybody know that I never stopped casually, hyper casually playing the game. And every once in a while, I'd be like, what are you playing? I'm like, oh, I'm playing Masters. Like, you're still playing that game. (laughs) And now I've lost him to this game. (laughs) He opened. He's like, oh, this isn't half bad. Gone off the face of the planet. (laughs) I have have played it quite a bit in the past two weeks now, having a having a real good time. Uh, it has a lot more content and a lot more levers to pull that make you feel like you're improving yourself. And so I've been enjoying it. Well, I'm happy to hear that you're enjoying it now. And I'm also really happy to hear that Pokemon Masters is in such a good place because at launch it was a little rocky. Yeah, I mean, so it still it still needs work, mm-hmm. but it is significantly better. And awesome. Second anniversary is coming up uh, next month. Wait, so if we counted the eggs you hatched in Masters in addition to the eggs you hatched in Go, would you be at 50? Oh, absolutely not. Okay. Uh, Probably like 10 eggs. Uh Uh-huh. Something like that from Masters. Okay. I just wanted to know. Just thought maybe (laughs) we could float that as a possibility out there. But anyway, cool. Glad that you're enjoying that game. Uh, As far as goals for myself go, I wanted to catch a shiny Regigigas as well. And I did do that. So not that one off. I think I got it within six or seven raids. It was pretty quick. I was very lucky this time. Get out of here. Above six million dust. I still am above six million dust. I actually didn't spend any, which was kind of my nested goal, (laughs) but I didn't. Um, 11 million experience. I'm like 100k short, so that's a miss for me this week. And 20 GBL. Remember, I lowered it because I didn't hit 25 the other other time. Yeah, I did like 50 matches this week. I tell you what. Wow, I did a lot in Ultra League. Yeah, I love Ultra League. Alolan Muck, man. Nobody ever expects the Acid Spray. <laughs> that's because Acid Spray is bad. Yes, but it's so bad that it's good because they don't expect it. This is where I go check on PvP Poke and find out that Ultra League. Uh, Alola Mux actually do run acid spray. Perhaps I just haven't really seen anybody else run it, but no, the defense no, it's, dropped. It's, it's, it's gunk shot. Gunk shot. Of course it is. Gunk shot. <laughs> I understand. 
Uh, three out of four for myself. Give me that belt back. I win. That's the end of the goal stuff. So we're going to get going here because uh, we need to if we're going to get through everything we need to talk about today, which is quite a bit, especially front loaded in the news section as it is. And let's hop into the news. Yo, what's up? It's the news. So first things first, we're going to start off light and easy. There's this Pokemon overall company event going on called Pokemon Air Adventures. And this is an interesting post. It has some weird implications. We'll talk about it when we get to the end of it, though. Trainers, the Pokemon company, has launched Pokemon Air Adventures, an initiative started in Japan that helps create wonderful travel memories. To celebrate in Okinawa, Japan, a special Pikachu wearing an Okinawan Karayushi shirt will be appearing in Pokemon Go starting July 22nd. This Pikachu will be appearing for over a year, so if you are able to travel and get the chance to visit Okinawa, you can try looking for one. Just like with the Pikachu wearing a Karayusha shirt, we're looking to introduce more costume Pokemon that are available only in certain regions of the world. So please keep an eye out for more news. Kill me now. <laughs> no, 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 no. Hang on. Hang on. Wait. <laughs> this is the part. Shiny Corsola will also be appearing in Pokemon Go for the first time starting July 22nd. Corsola can only be encountered in certain regions. If you're lucky, you might soon find a Shiny Corsola. There is no time limit planned for this appearance. So when you're able to travel to a region where Corsola appears in the wild, you can venture out to search for a shiny one. Pokemon Air Adventures is an initiative that helps create wonderful travel memories. We hope that when people can travel, Pokemon Air Adventures can be an opportunity to help them enjoy traveling even more. Okay, full stop. Cool. Very cool. I like that they're uh, making these sort of like region specific sorts of things. And that's great with, when it comes to the costume Pokemon for sure. <laughs> um, and I like that the time period is a really long time, like a year, because the traveling is a topic that varies widely right now globally. Yeah. So this, I think, is a nice safety net of time. I think they did their due diligence. And this is kind of like a nice sort of gentle we're kind of going back to normal. So if you have the opportunity, here is an option for fun for you. That's Pokemon related, which is very cool. It's not a new Pokemon. There's no paywall. It only has to do with location based stuff. And it's a Pokemon that's already been out, you know, and costumes and stuff like that, which is just arbitrary, really, unless you're a collector. But. Shiny Corsola is an interesting topic. <laughs> Um, a lot of people were wondering, and I'm kind of wondering too, and Kyle, I'm assuming this is also at the tip of your tongue. Why is it not available globally in some capacity or like in a special research or like in research tasks so that the rest of us can also enjoy the shiny release? Like, why is that? Because it's not <laughs> Gen 1. You know what? I wasn't expecting an answer from you, but I should have expected that answer from you. <laughs> Yeah, that's not bad. <laughs> that's that's the real answer. The only reason the other regionals were available from eggs is because they're Gen 1, and Gen 1 always sells. Well, it was Gen 1, but they were also, they had an entire event where they said, if it's Gen 1, it's shiny. And so they wanted to just be done with that entire generation, you know? D yeah, but we'd already had the shinies for the regionals at that point. 
Yeah, I'm just saying. I'm, if I'm, what I'm saying is, if they hadn't had been shiny prior to that, they would have been. And because yeah. they were already shiny, it was like a no-brainer for them in that point to put them in raids and things like that during the Kanto event. Yeah, I just, I, I think it's very strange as well. I'm just giving the idea of, just giving my idea on why it's not happening. And also, you'll get your dex filler when they eventually have to deal with Cursula. Oh, yeah, that'll be interesting for so, sure. Yeah. And if you're wondering where Corsola even are, because that wasn't really mentioned in the post, which is also kind of surprising. In Africa, it's spawning in Kenya, Ethiopia, and Madagascar. In Asia, it's in India, Thailand, Vietnam, Malaysia, the Philippines, Indonesia, and Papua New Guinea. In Australia, it's in Northern Australia. In the Middle East, it's in Saudi Arabia and Yemen. And in South America, it's in Mexico, Peru, Colombia, Cuba, Dominican Republic, and Puerto Rico. So if you get the opportunity, <laughs> you should definitely go and snag it if you can. That being said, there's not a whole lot else to say about this piece of news here. So we're going to move right along into the next one, which is, oh boy, if you didn't put it together from the jokes we already made at the beginning <laughs> of the show. July Community Day was announced. Trainers were excited to announce that Tepic, the fire pig Pokemon, will be featured during July's Community Day event. Oink, oink. Yes, pig time. When is this happening? Saturday, July 3rd, which we actually knew already, from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. local time. Features include Tepic will be appearing more frequently in the wild, and if you're lucky, you might encounter a shiny one, which... Kyle, I'm not sure if you've seen the shiny family, but the first stage is a little underwhelming, but it's not too bad. The second stage is good, and the third stage is great. I like the third stage. Something about blue fire is it's just good in Pokemon. Looks very sharp. Evolve Pignite, Tepig's evolution. During the event, we're up to two hours afterward to get an Embor that knows the charged attack, Blast Burn. Take a few snapshots during Community Day for a surprise. It's going to be Tepig. There'll be a special one-time Community Day box available for 1280 Pokecoins featuring 50 Ultra Balls, 5 Instants, 5 Star Pieces, and Elite Charge TM. It's kind of back to normal here, uh, but the 5 Star Pieces will definitely marry with the bonus, rather, which you haven't said yet. For US $1, with equal pricing tier in your local currency, you'll be able to access the Tepig Community Day exclusive special research story, Roasted Berries. Stay tuned for when tickets for the Roasted Berries special research story goes live. Tickets are non-refundable, etc., etc. There's no medal for the event. Great. Bonuses. What's it going to be? Is it experience again? Gosh, I hope so. Oh, darn it. It's three times catch Stardust. <laughs> <laughs> it's three times catch Stardust, y'all. We've been waiting and waiting and waiting. Well, by we, I mean Kyle. And here it is. It's about time. <laughs> it's about time. Uh, in incense activated during the event will last for three hours and lure modules activated during the event will last for three hours. So those are being reinstated as a concurrent bonus, which is very nice. So Yahoo, that's great. Kyle, love, hate, hot take, cold take. I'll take any take. Uh, where are my fossils? <laughs> that's, that's my, my any take. <laughs> 
Oh my gosh. I I will I will stand for a fossils community day at, at any point. You're gonna be like in a retirement home, and be like, I, where's my credit ocean bastion community day? I will. You know they're gonna do it, but it's gonna be Archaeops and Tertuga. 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 There you go. It's better if you do like a little bit of like a flair with like Tertuga. It's really great. (laughs) Yeah, you know they're gonna you know they're gonna skip over the two useful ones because I believe turtle in Spanish is tortuga, right? I I think so. It's something in Spanish. Don't quote us. I'm pretty sure. If if I'm a little bit off, I do I do quite apologize. I I haven't taken Spanish in a very long time. But but that's that's how I knew how to respond. I'm like, oh, it's super close to, to turtle in another language. It's Tertuga. <laughs> but yeah, they're going to just ignore Shieldon and Kranidos, and they're going to do a big fossil event, and those two will be left behind, and you'll be like, <laughs> uh, yeah, like crying in a corner. Yeah. And my cold take is Roasted Berries is the least inspiring name for the special research story that we've had so far <laughs> oh you don't know what if um what if it, all the rewards are berries <laughs> I, it doesn't matter the name is still uninspired yeah i don't think they're really ever going to top the great ghastly <laughs> that was the best one but we've still had some good ones we have had some good ones but i get it roasted berries i'm pretty sure tepig's pokedex entry has stuff about eating berries that it cooks with its own fire type of thing but oh more than likely yeah it's is just boring. That's it. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, I'm very excited about it. I'm excited about the bonus. I'm excited about the shinies. They look really great. It's a starter. People are generally excited about it. And right now, I like having something to be excited about. It's very nice. And on that note, we're going to go into the final news topic uh, for this week, which is going to be the one that everybody has been talking about since this announcement was basically dropped yesterday. It's been a wild time. On the uh, on the Wild West that is Twitter, Kyle, I'm a little bit jealous of you. He, he got home from work later. He's like, yo, it's going down, isn't it? I'm like, it sure is. He's like, can you just give me like the highlights? And I just sent him a bunch of screenshots. And he's like, oh, OK, I gave him like a, a scale from like innocent and funny to really awful. Yeah, I was like, boy, I'm glad that I don't use Twitter. Yeah. Today. Yesterday, last night in particular was a good day to not use Twitter. <laughs> it, cer- it certainly certainly was. National don't use Twitter day. <laughs> anyway, uh, let's get into this news piece here. It is rather lengthy and it is split into three sections. There's one section in particular that is rather controversial and we will leave it for last to talk about so we can talk about everything else in peace before we get to the bombshell part that everybody else is talking about. So Trainers, one of the delights of Pokemon Go is finding Pokemon in the real world, walking around, discovering new places, meeting up with groups of friends to raid or battle together. At their core, all of Niantic's games are built around the ideas of exploration, exercise, and playing with friends. As we said last month, how we all play changed a lot in the past 15 months. Man, it's weird to acknowledge 15 months of all this. With the onset of the global pandemic, we realized that we had to change the model for all of our games. We could no longer take going outside and meeting people for granted. We learned a lot. Thank you for coming along with us as we continue to navigate through this together. Today, as some parts of the world are moving toward recovery, we're announcing 
One, new exploration bonuses that make it more rewarding to play outside are coming over the next several months, including bonuses for spinning stops, playing at in-person raids, and getting in those steps. Two, bonuses introduced last year that we plan to remove or change. Tested first in the U.S. and New Zealand, followed by other countries and regions based on local conditions. Note, we will be talking about that section last, despite it being listed second, all right? Third, and lastly, bonuses introduced last year that we are planning on keeping, including first catch of the day bonuses, go battle league and trainer battle requirements, and more. We'll only remove temporary bonuses introduced last year after Pokemon Go Fest 2021, Starting in the United States and New Zealand, we wanted to give you an advance heads up of what's coming and our thinking behind it, as we said last November. We're committed to doing this in a staggered way, when it makes sense for each place in the world to help people play safely. As we return to the outside world again, these changes are aimed at restoring the focus of Pokemon Go on movement and exploration in the real world. These changes will be introduced slowly and carefully to make it more exciting to explore the world around you. Now, not knowing any of the details, which we are about to cover, this statement as is completely fine. We knew this was coming. The fact that they're willing to monitor and redeploy these bonuses and remove these bonuses in line with current conditions or in different places is awesome. That's great, because even though parts of the world are doing fine right now, other parts are not. And mm -hmm. it, it's really nice to see that they have some awareness around this for sure. That's fantastic. Also, the bonuses that were introduced, even though we've had them for a long time now, a lot of them feel like they were always there. They did say up front that they would be temporary and they extended them and reminded us again. So, again, this statement as stands, I kind of get it. No problem so far. And I think it's well worded. And I think defining the mission of trying to restore this game to being about going outside and exercising is, is a good point to make. It's a good vision to have for sure. Most of us are interested in doing that. But the question then becomes, what does that look like exactly? And that's where kind of some of the issues are. But before we dive into that, Kyle, do you have any feedback on this first part? How do you feel about their messaging here? Nothing in particular. I think it's to be expected more than anything. And it's good that they stuck to their guns and gave advanced warning. Unlike the last time this happened in case <laughs> true. remembers. True. Very true. Oof. Okay. So the first section, we're going to talk about details in particular, new exploration bonuses for playing together in the real world. Starting at the end of July, the following exploration bonuses will roll out to trainers for testing first in the U S and New Zealand. Trainers will, one, receive up to two free raid passes per day from spinning gym photo discs. For those of you that haven't spun a gym photo disc in a while, it's been one previously, so they're doubling. <laughs> I, man, I don't really interact with gyms that much anymore. I had to remind myself, too. So <laughs> It's because it takes too long to get to the photo disc and then get out of the photo disc. Yes, very true. Uh, number two, benefit from increased incense effectiveness while moving which I believe has always been the case. But they might be signaling that they're going to improve it as such. Or I'm not entirely sure. That's a little bit vague here. Third, be guaranteed gifts when spinning Pokestops so long as they have not reached their maximum gift inventory. 
that's awesome because when they lowered the drop chance before in the past, people lost their minds. So it's good that they remembered that. That's awesome. And if you don't want to get any more gifts, just don't send them. <laughs> just hit your cap and then you'll be fine. Fourth, receive 10 times bonus experience from spinning a Pokestop for the first time. Eh. Yeah. Okay. Not not a big fan of that one. We'll get to the end and then we'll comment. Okay. But. These bonuses will end when the season of discovery wraps up September 1st. Some of these bonuses may stay rolling into the following season and new bonuses will become available as well. We'll make these bonuses available in other countries and regions as it's safe to do so. We understand that every place is different. Rest assured, we will be monitoring the situation and activating appropriate bonuses when and where available. Because of this, trainers may experience different bonuses at different times. To see which exploration bonuses are available to you, check out your Today View, which you do by, you know, going into your special research stuff and going all the way to the screen that's in the left. So swipe right several times. So there you go. All right, Kyle, new bonuses. How do you feel? All right. I want to keep any potential negativity for the most part for later. Mm -hmm. But this doesn't mean very much to me personally. These are all objectively positive. There's no question about that. The incense, as you mentioned, is kind of vague. But I don't frequently do two raids every single day. I When I do raids, it tends to be a large chunk at once. So increasing my free raids per day, it, it's not really going to be that impactful for me. True. But, but, I mean, it's still fantastic value if you are the type of person who will use them every day. Yeah, and there are several free-to-play players. You know, JC Picks, shout out to our buddy. Uh, he is a proud free-to-play player. I'm sure he was thrilled to see that. Yeah. The, it, the third one is a sticking point for me. Be guaranteed gifts when spinning Pokestops as long as you haven't reached your maximum inventory. Why is this a bonus and not just how the game works? I, I don't understand that. So I, I think I kind of got it. So while we've all been inside for the past 15 months and we've been playing Pokemon Go from the safety of our home, we had Stay Fest, we had all that sort of stuff. One of the ongoing issues and lines of conversation uh, was Pokeball shortages. And so they boost the amount that were in gifts and things like that. So people that are stuck at home that are quarantining or aren't able to get out and spend stops for some other reason have been relying on gifts for a long time. And that behavior is in place. So it's nice to see that there's going to be guaranteed gifts from these other people that can support their friends that are in other places of the world by being able to consistently send them gifts still because I, gifts are being removed from somewhere else as well but i i think you've you've missed my point that i'm making this should be the default you want people to interact with your friend system that means they need gifts okay and people would send more gifts if it was easier to get more gifts i know for a fact that before changes like this and other stuff that is in the game you could go out, you could spend 50 stops to get 10 gifts. So nobody did it. Nobody wanted to, except for the people who were already spinning those stops anyways. Yeah, but at that point in time, item shortages were not as much of an issue. And so that was kind of fine. 
But no, because it wasn't about the items at that time. It was about friendship level. It was about interactions. But there were also other ways to interact to bring friendship up and stuff like that. Uh, I mean, no, there wasn't. Before remote raids, that was the only way you could interact with a majority of the people on my friends list, at least. You could raid in person. But you could do most of my friends are across the country. But but I'm saying, okay, uh, having worldwide friends in, in different areas became a sticking point when we went into pandemic and people turned to things like Twitter and Reddit threads to find friends and remote rating and stuff like that. That became much more of a thing. It was a lot more common for people to only play with their local discord when, when things weren't remote raids, stay inside, you know, that sort of stuff. I'd love to hear from some people about that because I know that adding people online was already a very big thing before remote raids. It was because people wanted seven kilometer eggs from other places so that they could farm distance trades and things like that. Well, and what was in the 7K eggs at the time. Right. I'm, I'm just saying that it doesn't hurt anybody to let you have gifts to send because if you think there is an item surplus when we no longer have any issues, you can tone the items down in gifts. Yeah. But you already can only open a limited amount of gifts anyways. Whether I have 200 gifts or two gifts, I can still only open 20 gifts a day. 30 gifts a day, it's 30 now, right? I I think it's 30. I have (laughs) never actually counted. I'm sorry. You're asking the wrong person. I just open until I can't or I very rarely get to that point. Exactly. Yeah. But so so it doesn't matter if I have more to send because those people still can only open that many number in the grand scheme of things. So people with enough friends are still going to get their 30 gifts every single day if that is their goal, whether the people sending them get get a guaranteed gift from their poke stop or not. Yeah, no, that's that's a fair point. Um, I I just remember when gifts first came out and stickers and stuff like that. People were so mad about the drop rates affecting their ability to get other items. So I, mean, I don't know. I think they're really adding this to, this to the list here as something that they're shouting out as a bonus because there's gifts being taken away in other places. I just it doesn't feel like a reward for going out to play. I see. I understand. And on the same note. This, the last one, 10 times experience for spinning a Pokestop for the first time, not a reward for going out to play because I've already played everywhere around me. <laughs> yes, but you might be inspired to drive to the next city over and spin some stuff. Maybe, but the world is not back to normal. Yeah. So I'm not going to do that. And most people are probably not going to do that either. Although, you know, this is going to be another month and almost a month and a half away. So stuff can change in 90 days. That's a very long time. Yes. Yes, they can. And also these bonuses are only going to be available in places that they deem are doing better. Right. Yes. So it's, so whether or not the world is back to normal in your place, it is relatively safe enough for you to travel. Um, when you have these bonuses available, at least by their standards, of course, comfort levels, personal comfort levels come into account, but yeah. Anyway, we're going to come back to bonuses introduced last year that we plan to remove or change. We're going to cover first bonuses introduced last year that we are planning on keeping. Some of the changes that were introduced in the past year resonated well with our trainers and will provide continued value as countries and regions begin to open back up. These changes will remain as standard parts of the game for the foreseeable future, some of which were previously announced. Incense duration will remain at 60 minutes. That's awesome. 
Back in the day, it used to be 30 minutes. No walking requirement for Go Battle League. Please make sure that this never, ever goes back to what it was before. If you want to kill your competitive scene, make people walk between their sets. You can challenge any trainer remotely with a QR code, and the requirement to battle with friends remotely has been lowered to good friends. This has been fantastic, especially for online PvP tournaments. This is arguably one of the things that kept that scene alive. Without this, Sylph would have been in dire straits the past 15 months, I tell you what. The maximum number of gifts you can carry in your item bag at a time will remain at 20. That is good respect to what the the conversation we just had. So (laughs) thank you for that. It's kind of funny. Give it a second. So here's the answer to that question that you just had. Not neither of us knew the answer to, but you did know the answer. Got to be more confident. You know this stuff, Kyle. Trainers will be able to open up 30 gifts per day up from the previous 20. So it is 30. Good call. Good call. You will continue to receive three times the Stardust and XP for your first Pokemon catch of the day. I thought that was always the case. I guess I don't remember the game before pandemic. <laughs> uh, apparently, I don't either because I swore you always got 9,000 dust or whatever for your seven-day streak. I guess it used to only be three. Yeah, but that's seven-day streak. This is first catch of the day. But it applies to that. It does. So that's that's the words most obvious because I quick catch my first catch of the day. I never look at it. True. True. <laughs> Please check out Pokemon Go Live for future updates. And that's great. So uh, any feedback on this one? I think that just generally speaking, we're happy to see these things stay. OK, just just going to go down the list real quick. First one. It's irrelevant because we're going to talk about it in a second. Second one. <laughs> thank God. And that's that's literally it. They were out of their mind when they dropped Go Battle League with the walking requirements. I, I get it. I get what they were trying to do. Uh, but again, if if you want this to be a competitive game, you can't do this. Yeah. the ro- We're talking about the walking requirement, by the way, for GBL. Yeah. People can't see our list. <laughs> Three, the good friends tra- challenging. Mm-hmm. It's fantastic. It's great. Four and five about gifts irrelevant it's good but this is stuff people bagged for before the current circumstances so good quality of life that is tied with the drop rate of gifts that will be a problem in the future i guarantee you we will be complaining about it come october but whatever (laughs) yeah and then the last one we already said i didn't we didn't even notice the three times for the the first catch so quick catching has, has killed me just uh, killed me. Also made my life better. I don't know how I don't know how I feel about it really. But yeah, there's really not a whole lot to say here. This is great for keeping. Uh but let's dive into the last thing here, which is bonuses introduced last year that we plan to remove or change. Who boy. I'm gonna read all this and then we're gonna circle back and talk about stuff. Over the next few months, we're planning to remove or change some of the bonuses introduced last year. We will not make these changes until after Pokemon Go Fest in July, and we'll remove them first as a test in the U.S. and New Zealand starting at the end of July. We will remove or change them on a rolling basis in other countries and regions over time, and at the same time introduce new exploration bonuses. Over the past year, incense effectiveness was increased to attract Pokemon to you more frequently, even if you weren't able to leave home. After the change, This effectiveness will be set at the standard level when you're stationary, and increased effectiveness will kick in when you are moving. 
which is to say it's going to not be very effective when you're stationary and will be very similar to the increased effectiveness that we all enjoyed at all points in times when you're then moving. Number two, previously your buddy Pokemon brought you more gifts each day, up to five gifts at once and up to three times a day. This was because we knew trainers were running low on supplies like Pokeballs and berries to help them catch Pokemon. As we move to encouraging trainers to play outside more, they can continue to receive supplies from spinning Pokestops. After the change, the frequency of these gifts from buddy Pokemon will be reduced. So this is where I was talking about gifts being taken away in other places, which is why I feel like they felt they had to highlight it in the other one. They're going to kind of get us back to normal-ish, whatever they're now defining that to be in this game, for our expectations around gift acquisition and sending. So I don't know. I don't think that disproves or invalidates anything you said before. I think it proves your point even more. (laughs) But whatever. And lastly, here, well, kind of lastly, but this is the big one. Previously, Pokestop and gym interaction distances were increased to enable people to engage from further away. After this change, the distance will revert back to the standard distance. When it makes sense in different places though may be increased during future events and as part of certain features. Okay, we'll circle back to that one because that's the one for sure. But lastly, for this section, remote raids have been an important part of the game this past year. We're going to continue evolving them. Our intention is to find the right balance between remote play and in-person play. So stay tuned for more details in the coming months. Many of these in-person raid changes will be to prepare for the eventual return of EX raids. Bum, bum, bum. All right, Chris. Yeah. I'm going to need you to do your best Kyle sigh. Okay. For EX rates. Okay. It's pretty good. <laughs> now I don't have to do it. <laughs> 150 episodes. I hope I've got that done. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So on, on first read for me, I was like, man, I don't know what's worst. EX raids or the, the interaction <laughs> distance. But it's pretty clear. The interaction distance is the thing that people are very, very angry about online. But before we talk about the the just the backlash online about these things, Kyle, I'd love to get your take and, and where you're where where are you kind of just at with these? Because this is the one that's the hard one to swallow. You want my thoughts on all of them or just the Pokestop interaction? <laughs> Why don't you run through it like you did in the other ones really quick? Because it's not very much else besides that. Incense effectiveness. All I have to say is I didn't use them before. Why will I use them after? Is the most basic thing. I use them on community days and nothing else. Okay. Yeah, I used them when I was like waiting for like my oil change and other things like that when I was I had nothing else to do. And it's they're terrible. They're really bad. My my biggest issue with the way they work is if I'm already actively out walking, I will have more Pokemon than I know what to catch for the most part. Otherwise, I probably wouldn't be actively walking and playing go at the same time. Simple. Fair enough. The buddy gifts. I actually don't have a stance on this one because it's never been an issue for me. I've worked at a Pokestop for the entirety of the pandemic, so I, I I can't relate. I am sure that there are some people who feel strongly about this, though, and I can understand that. Yes. Our hearts bleed for the rural players, for sure. The, yeah. Really bad for your yep. one-stop 
in your town type stuff is is going to be terrible. Yeah. And the poker stop distance. Wait, but what about EX raids first? <laughs> I hate EX raids. If you cannot remote into them, I will not do them. All right, you heard it here first. <laughs> Kyle hates EX raids. Wait a minute, we've heard that before. <laughs> Look, if something truly meta-defining shows up in an EX raid, I will consider it. That said, the record for what's going to be potential for EX raids, it's not great right now, so I don't really care. I just really think EX raids need to be replaced with exciting raid weekend events. Yeah, it's just that's it's it? such a good opportunity to replace them. It's such a perfect time. Nobody just, would have noticed. Just say, we all forgot. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I hoped they were just going to pretend, just just not say anything, just never bring them back. EX raids just you know did a what was it called an Irish goodbye? What's it called? <laughs> no, I don't know what that is. For those of you that don't know, it's a slang phrase. That it refers to people ducking out early of a party or social gathering without saying goodbye, which oh would have God. been awesome, <laughs> which would have been awesome. Yeah. And one more thing before I touch on the elephant in the room. They don't mention it here, but we know remote raids will be changed. Yes. Themselves. That's going to be a hard pill to swallow depending on how it's tuned. Yes. If we but- cannot do a legendary raid with one person in person and five remote there will be fires in the street as well yeah absolutely and that said speaking of fires in the street <laughs> pokestop and gym interaction distance it's just bad like it, it, it's just full bad it's the greatest feature they added i cannot tell you how many times in 2017 and 2018 that I tried to get to a Pokestop that I knew I was near, but couldn't spin because it required me to be in an awkward place. Yeah. Or if I'm downtown Chicago, you drift all over the place and there's nothing you can do about it. It was just a godsend. It just, yeah, so good. It was, it really was. And it felt really great. Everybody was so happy about it when it came up. I don't think there is anybody anywhere that was like man i really wish we still had the old distance back why why anyway so just just really quick just kind of frame this conversation let's do a quick pro con list can can you think of any pros i've got one but i want to hear from you first because because you're kind of a a con (laughs) connoisseur you put the con in connoisseur i mean if i if you really 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 want to dig there's one pro that I see in that by reducing your interaction distances, you bring your players closer together. You bring the community closer together. You're more likely to build bonds with people you're doing that raid with than you otherwise would be. Yes. But that is a very big stretch. In my opinion. Okay. Now. All of the cons about changing this because and I say all of the cons because the list is very long. It is. It is so long and it keeps getting longer when people post something I didn't even think of. Yes. And and the prime one that I didn't think of I want to lead with is disability and accessibility. The increased interaction distance made it a lot easier for people with disabilities to reach normal Pokestops and gyms 
mm-hmm. stuff that might require you to get out of your car and walk 20 feet to the building could now be reached from the parking lot. Yep. Stuff that maybe required you to go in somewhere required you to stay on the sidewalk. It didn't it didn't stop you from going outside. It just stopped you from having to overextend, which would sometimes lead to players trespassing. We have all heard the stories. It just <laughs> helped reduce all that. Have you ever been guilty of that? Um is a public library after hours technically trespassing? I like, think so. On I, the I grounds, then yes. Technical. Then yes. I don't know. I'm not yeah. I'm not a cop. I, I mean know. a cop showed up. So, hey, what you guys doing? You're raining. <laughs> yes. No, I mean, it was midnight. So, no. Oh, but okay. Right. They were like, what are you doing? Got They're a good like, IV lick a tongue in the sparking lot, huh? <laughs> we're like, we're playing Pokemon Go. And they're like, that's still a thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, like, carry on, trainer. Carry on. <laughs> they, they were. They're like, hey, just don't do it again. Yeah. I actually uh, did a raid on, on uh, private property for a business. Oh my God. Um, one time because the raid group said that the, they, the place that it was fine and they had raided it before and there turned out to not be true. So we all just kind of left. <gasps> that's funny. Yeah, that's yeah. funny. So inadvertently bad. I don't want to get stuck completely on just the disability thing because there's going to be people out there saying, oh, it's such a small fraction and that doesn't really matter. Mm-mm. But there's still other negatives in the fact that it's just not positive. Is that is that weird to say? It's it's a negative because it's not a positive in most aspects. I think I think that's probably the the least compelling reason I've heard, but it doesn't make it invalid. I, I think the the point is that like there's no cost to Niantic for players being able to reach more stops. Okay, there is a technical perceived cost of people buy less Pokeballs, but I guarantee you. Of all of their revenue, people buying Pokeballs is probably the lowest, probably ahead of people buying inventory. And only because inventory is a fixed number. <laughs> yeah, that's very, very true. But the, yeah, there are some just just to quickly name a couple of the other ones that I'm thinking of. And, and Kyle, please feel free to add or whatever, embellish on these things. Um, but the biggest one I heard besides ADA concerns were safety concerns which you kind of talked about a little bit trespassing is one dimension to this multi-dimensional issue but think about kids that are outside playing this game there's a stop across the street that stops them from running into the street to go interact with it stops from people uh you know pulling over to the side of the road or up on curbs in order to spin mm-hmm. things when they're in their car that stops people from going into other people's backyards stops people from trying to get into places that are otherwise closed because the stop is in the middle of the property on a fountain or something like just there are stops in places that they shouldn't be. They're in the middle of intersections. They're in busy downtown areas that are otherwise dangerous when the sun goes down, things like that. And you're being incentivized to go to these places because it's a stop to spin while they do say you should pay attention. It's still a problem because people have gotten used to spinning these stops now, and they're going to try to continue to do so. Well, I do agree with you. I'm going to give a counterpoint here. If that is a problem, those stops should not exist. I agree, but and we all know that that's not, that's not the reality. True, but it's part of Niantic's job to make sure that that's taken care of, and that's kind of a fact of reality. Yeah. Doesn't change it. 
but it's it's still a thing and that's a counterpoint that people will use in the discussion of unsafe pokestops mm-hmm. but on a similar point safety for doing raids sure it might be in a safe location but when you throw 15 people at that location it's no longer safe if you throw 15 people in a 10 meter radius of a location you're blocking footpaths you're blocking intersections oh my gosh you're just disrupting in general and god forbid it's a community day and you now have 80 people that all need to be in the same area it's it's just a problem remember that time we got yelled at in uh lincoln park zoo because everybody everybody was trying to do mewtwo raids and we were blocking (laughs) the exit uh because they were doing construction on one of the entrances or something so it was like a two-person wide path and there were somebody came out with a megaphone was like you need to disperse this is a fire hazard it it was like more than a hundred people yes for for everyone listening it It was was, very congested it was a lot of people doing that one raid so yeah. yeah But I think to your point, and you kind of you kind of already touched on this, that it's bad because it's not positive. I think it's bad because it feels bad for the gameplay, not because it's not just not necessarily positive, but it actively feels poor. It's not like the distance was slowly going to be reduced by like a yard a a week or something like that. It's going to be a drastic change because it was double the interaction distance. Or roughly, based on yeah. what we what we can tell from the game, right? I don't think they actually specifically said that, but it was basically doubled. Yeah. So this is going to be drastic. It's going to be jarring. It's going to be kind of difficult for people to get a hold of. Okay, that being said, Kyle and I have now shared our opinions, and we are of one mind on this, and I think most trainers are of one mind on this topic. Of all the things to to revert back to normal, the interaction distance is the thing. Why would you do this? People are making posts online. I've read a lot of really great constructive feedback about this. I've seen a lot of people talk about their suggestions for the game and it's, and they're really, really great. But there's also been just in the past 24 hours, probably the ugliest side of the Pokemon go community that I have ever seen. Kyle, I don't know how you feel, but (laughs) yeah, it's, it's been insane to the point where, Several specific individuals that are employees of Niantic have been targeted and harassed so poorly that they've decided to not interact with the platform at this time. I just would like to say, since we have a public platform ourselves here, that's just not acceptable. You you can't, you should never bully anybody. You shouldn't pick on anybody. And I know we're preaching to the choir because we're blessed with an amazing listenership. All of you are fantastic. We hear the most lovely messages from you. We've never received one piece of hate mail ever. Now, look, we're going to get one just for people being funny. (laughs) But the worst thing I've ever seen us receive was a four star review that said this was okay. (laughs) That was it. And so it, it blows my mind to see some of this stuff that's happening online. It, it, it makes my heart hurt a little bit because in particular, these employees are really wonderful people. They're supposed to be public facing people for Niantic and they're being attacked personally and otherwise. It also should be said that if you have feedback about a, a product, you yell at the company and the company accounts. Not every employee at a company agrees with every decision that the company makes. You could be yelling at somebody and screaming at them. And it could be somebody that agrees with you, mm-hmm. you know? 
So just please be kind. That's that's all we're asking. Just be kind. <laughs> be constructive. You can be mad. This is a bad change. No doubt about it. Kyle and I saw it and we're like, what the heck is going on? Why would they do this? We just yelled about it. It's an awful change. This yeah. was not thought through. But that doesn't mean that people need to be pulled out into the public square and screamed at. Not cool. I agree entirely with everything Chris has to say there. And it's really unfortunate that every time something negative happens, especially in the gaming sphere in general, people get really, really mad at the wrong people. And I understand people are upset. They find something to be upset at. But it it's never a person. It never should be a person because it's never one person. Even if you find somebody who's involved and at fault, it's not just them. And they, they don't deserve the hate or any threats or anything like that. Yeah. Not only does it make them feel terrible, it doesn't work towards anything about solving the problem. And that's what we really want to be. We want to be solving what angers us we want to voice why we're upset in a way that can be understood first and foremost and a way that's reasonable we're upset about the polka stop interaction distances full stop upset but that's what needs to be shared not i hate you for ruining my game because that doesn't they're not going to change something because somebody said that yeah, because they get they get that text a thousand times a week, <laughs> even when things are going well, they get the feedback. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. But but one one thing I'd like to just say, and then we can stop talking about this is this is getting a little bit preachy. And I understand, again, people listening to this. This isn't you. Right. But one thing that I started to think about quite a bit is that while the things around this game have been monumental and life-changing for me personally, has helped me through a lot of stuff. At the end of the day, the game itself, it's just a game. It's not worth attacking somebody else over or losing your mind over either. It could be disappointing. We've all spent a lot of time in this game. Kyle and I play it daily and we have for a long time, more than the average bear probably should. <laughs> and I know a lot, I've, we, we have a lot of personal friends. The two of us have a lot of personal friends that are content creators that make a living based off of covering this game. And I've seen them also react and be like, guys, it's just a game. Like chill out, chill out. So yep. The, the end all be all. It's just a game. Spread kindness. Be, be good people out there. Do what you got to do. Trainers. Don't forget who you are. All right. Now with that, we, uh, we're doing a podcast, aren't we? We sure are. <laughs> Why don't we toss it over back to Kyle, who was just talking. It's time for Gear Up. So this week on Gear Up, we're talking about Community Day. It's tepig or tepid. You <laughs> uh, see what I did there? I'm sorry. Did I, did I enunciate it right? Okay, good. We're ready. You did. Because you did. without Blastburn, tepig, it, it's not worth mentioning. As the case with pretty much every single starter, someone correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think any are even worth looking at without their special move. Embor has a really bad move set, even by starter standards. 
absolutely horrendous fighting type moves and very bad fire type moves. I think it knows low kick and focus blast for fighting type moves, for example. It's really bad. And for fire moves, it knows ember and heat wave, which is just terrible. It's it's numbers aren't even worth mentioning. I'm not going to tell you it's DPS and TDO because a stiff breeze does more damage. But Blast Burn to the rescue because it'll have some decent numbers because Blast Burn is kind of OP. <laughs> but let's talk about the current king of fire types for some comparison. Number one, we have Reshiram. Fire Fang, for the sake of brevity, all of these are Fire Fang or Fire Spin and Overheat, with the exception of one. Reshiram with a DPS of 18 and TDO of 623.7 is at the top. It's it's really good if you need a fire type. Next up is Darmanitan with a DPS of 17.7 and a TDO of 393.9. It's not so it's it's squishy. It's 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 real squishy, but DPS is king. And in the formula, it still puts it way up there. I was told no math. I, I only referenced it. It's okay. You put that formula that. away. <laughs> <laughs> Next up, we have Entei. Only 15.8 DPS, but 545 TDO. That TDO really keeps Entei in there, really, <laughs> over that everything else. Then there's Chandelure. 17.1 DPS, 398.1 TDO. Another squishy boy, still very strong. And then last, we have Blaziken with Fire Spin and Blast Burn, the one standout, because Blast Burn is Blast Burn. 17.2 DPS, 382.8 TDO. It's very squishy, but good damage. Now, Embor with Ember and Blast Burn. It's a shame about Ember, but... 16.5 16.5 DPS, 419.1 TDO. It's okay. Like, it's not good. <laughs> but in comparison to Blaziken, it's only like 10% worse. But Blaziken is like almost 20% worse than Reshiram, so take of that what you will. But it's a very solid mid-tier budget option in case you didn't notice four of the five on the list i just mentioned are not common or even available in the case of legendaries and one of them is another community day move so with this community day it's the best currently available fire type attacker compared to everything else which is not saying a whole lot, but no. <laughs> if you're still looking for some fire types to fill out your team, because you only got like one Reshiram that's maxed out or something, and you didn't have the Blazikins, it's a usable option, which is more than can be said about some Pokemon. I won't be using any. Yeah, so if you only have like one or two on this list and you're looking to build up more fire DPS this community day, I would still recommend picking it up sort of thing. Yes. Although with the numbers, I'd have to go look at 
some simulations, there's probably other types you'd rather use over fire in those matchups. I can't think of one off the top of my head, but like against grass type, for example, you'd rather probably bring a flying type Moltres instead of most fire types and and other yeah, similar circumstances enough. like that. So Embor doesn't stand out very much, unfortunately. It's got short legs. <laughs> it does have short legs. Short, short legs. arms, too. That's short everything. It's not much of a fighting type. Short honestly. nose, <laughs> short ears. Big guy. Long flames. Long, long flames. <laughs> That's the nicest thing anybody's ever said about Embor. It's kind of okay in Pokemon Masters. I use it. <laughs> it's a big fire pig. You know, I mean, that's redeeming to a point. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, anyway, uh, thank you, Kyle. It's good to know what we're getting ourselves into. Uh, I mean, the community day is not for a couple of weeks yet, but uh, it's good to know that we can plan ahead. And for those of you that are like, I don't have any fire types that are worthwhile. Embora will do the job. Embora will absolutely do the job. And you'll have the opportunity to catch many, many good shiny tet pig i promise okay thanks mr kyle let's move along here to the poke lore and we're going to cover what you probably thought we should have covered last (laughs) week which we've also covered i believe in a previous episode bidoof the plump mouse pokemon and bibarel the beaver pokemon first up is bidoof bidoof is a brown rodent like pokemon with four short legs it has a short brown snout and a small red nose cream colored markings cover its underside and surround its face round tufts of fur form its tail with five on the male and three on the female similar tufts line the bottom of its face and two singular ones form its ears Bidoof's black paws have three toes with some webbing between them protruding from Bidoof's upper jaw are large incisors which it uses for gnawing on wood and rocks delicious rocks These teeth grow constantly, so this Pokemon needs to gnaw on hard substances to keep them ground down. This Pokemon can be found nesting in groups near bodies of water. Despite its stout body, this Pokemon can be agile and is not easily perturbed, as is evident in Pokemon Snap when you hit them on the head with a fluff root and they're like, ha ha, isn't it a beautiful day out here? It's really great. Uh, Next up is Bibarel. Bibarel is a bulky bipedal Pokemon similar to a beaver. It is the beaver Pokemon, after all. Brown fur covers most of this Pokemon with a tan circle on its chest. Its face is covered by a tan mask with a rounded extension over each eye. The male will have an additional extension to the side of each eye. While its forepaws are small and slightly webbed, its hind paws are larger and more rounded. Both sets of paws are black with three toes and the hind paws have circular tan paw pads. Bibberl's large flat tail is black with a tan wavy marking near the tip rounded tufts of fur line each side of its face it's short it's short dark brown snout has a small red nose and protruding upper incisors these teeth are used for chewing trees not just twigs whole trees this pokemon is known to be an industrious worker that dams rivers by building its nest however a river dammed by bibberol will never overflow it is slow moving and awkward out of the water, but a swift swimmer. Yay, it's a it's well, it's a straight up on. beaver. Yeah. What? Hang on though. I, I need to ask because I don't know the science behind it. 
how does a dam work? Because I didn't think dams overflowed when they were made properly anyways. Yes, they do. So dams are usually built to uh, to regulate flow of another place. So it lowers the water level on one side of it and heightens it on the other side. But it does allow for some to get through because if it doesn't, the water will find its way around or take a different path. So it kind of depends on what you're trying to accomplish here. It sounds in this fantasy setting, they don't care where else the water goes. <laughs> So what we're saying is that Biberol breaks the laws of physics and its dams actually open a portal to like the dimension that Palkia is from and just sends all of the water that would overflow there. I I mean, honestly, this just means that the water goes somewhere else. But I think that they don't really care about that. They just care about the integrity (laughs) of the dam that they've built, (laughs) you know? Okay. Uh, stats for this beaver Pokemon here. Max CP at 40, 18, 23. Wow, heavy hitter. And at 50, 20, Oof. 61. Don't ever, ever excel your Pipparel. I don't know why you do that. <laughs> at least not a perfect, you know. 188 stamina. That's pretty high up there. 119 defense. That's pretty not up there at all. And 162 attack. That's very mediocre. <laughs> Best moveset. Water gun with Hyper Fang and Surf. Got that good coverage. Hyper Fang is a, a, actually a pretty good damaging uh move in and of itself it just gets stabbed because it is normal water type so there you go kyle i know you don't like badoof but how do you feel about bibberol uh not not a fan it's it's whatever i i feel like you should love bibberol because it's just i do i've never said i dislike badoof or (laughs) bibberol but but i'm saying that Bibrol in particular. Bidoof is like whatever it is, but Bibrol is is like an actual plain it's a straight beaver. up beaver, man. I have no major love for these two Pokemon, and I know I'm slightly in the minority. Not slightly memes, heavily. <laughs> no, I just think that people are too scared to say it because the memes are so strong. Well, thank you for being so brave. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it. Okay. All right. In the interest of time, because we're we're running pretty long here, we're going to scoot along to the Poke Poll. So last week's question was, Niantic has tasked you with redesigning the Candy XL system. How would you change it and why? First response is from Camo McG. They said, unpopular opinion, but hear me out. I wouldn't make Candy XL available at level one. I'd make it level 30. Reasons are as followed. That's the level where power-ups are halved and is the point you can bring teams of Pokemon to raids and still be highly effective within raid parties. It was the start of the end game, in quotation, when level 40 was the cap, and I feel there should be some kind of incentive to continue past that point since half-power power-ups for increasing Stardust costs are an abrupt change of pace. I think earning Candy XL will fit that bill. The total XP required to hit level 30 is 2 million. Before friendship was introduced and experience gains associated with it, that was a hefty amount to earn. Gaining 20 ultra friends on lucky eggs and catching exactly zero Pokemon would let a brand new trainer hit level 30 in a month. With the updated excellent throw experience, 2 million experiences around 1,800 excellent captures, plus or minus 20 if curveball or not. (laughs) Only 20? Oh, curveball. Even great throws have increased experience, but I don't want to do more math. Not on this episode. I'll do it later. It's okay. No. 
This aspect makes it much easier to level up way faster compared to the olden days. This concludes my level 30 decision. Secondly, I would tie the Candy XL rewards to the collector bonus. If someone has caught 100 Pokemon of a species, they're playing diligently enough that they should be rewarded for it. If the collector bonus experience is awarded on a capture, I would award the trainer with 60 XL candy. 500 captures of a Pokemon species ensure you can max one out. That sounds like a lot, but that doesn't include the base chance of earning candy XL on capture and would be equivalent of earning an XL more often than a coin flip to boot. With how prevalent spawns are in events, I feel like that seems balanced without making them too prevalent for trainers. For Pokemon that hatch only, for Pokemon that egg hatch only, there would need to be a ticker added for something like nursery bonus that grants the bonus XL at 10 or 25 for gated Pokemon like Vullaby. Well, that's a doozy of a list of changes that I partially agree with. Maybe this is a controversial opinion as well from you i don't know <laughs> i don't think xl being tied to level 40 is that big a deal I, I can i can hear people being upset already but you can see me being upset yes <laughs> but let me let me defend my thoughts the same way camo defended his for level 30 okay one stardust you need a lot of Stardust to power up something to level 50. If you are not playing enough that level 40 seems unreachable, a level 50 Pokemon, even if you have the XL candy, will feel unreachable as well. Or will be such an incredible investment in Dust that you will expect a huge reward for it. And the reality of the fact is it's not a huge reward. It's just a reward depending on the context we're using, I suppose. Sure. So while lowering the level requirement to get XL is positive, I don't think it would be a significant enough impact to matter. By the time you acquire enough Stardust through traditional means, you will probably be approaching level 40 anyways just from maxing out your normal raid counters. I I would agree with you to a degree. Um, but as you've said yourself, there are several ways to manipulate your stardust gain, you know, with, with the star piece and timing that with catching other things, but not as robust as your ability to exactly, do XP yes. for sure. Yeah. But there are some ways to go about it. We'd like to see more just to reiterate from the last yeah. like two episodes of conversation yeah, yeah. about this topic. But one thing that Camo said, this this collector bonus thing, what I would really love to see is something that they introduced in Let's Go, which was specific species chains. So I'd love for something to keep track of. And this would be great for things like Spotlight Hour it would add more dimension and, and oh, bonus yes. to it. Like I, so true. every 10 in a row that I get within 30 minutes or something like that. It would make it an XL candy. So the so the magic carp, the eleventh magic carp I've caught, I've just caught ten. I catch my eleventh. Whatever the base chance of XL candy, in addition to one guaranteed. After twenty, it's two plus whatever the ones are that you have a chance of getting, and so on and so forth. So you know, going and finding a particular nest of a Pokemon that you care about a lot would be really really great, and it would be just be kind of fun for you're in a park and like, oh, I know a lot of Caterpies are spawning this season, and I want Caterpie a candy XL. 
go out there and pick those ones out of the crowd. It adds more, like I said, dimension. I, I just, I think that'd be fun. I a hundred percent agree. Although I don't think it should be chaining like in the main series game simply because it's a lot harder to control what you do encounter. Yeah. But I think if you slightly lessen the rewards, but tied it to how many caught in the day would be great. It would fit so well for event spawns, events spawning a ton of Dratini. I caught a hundred Dratini today. Mm -hmm. Here's 10 more XL candy at the end of the day or something like that. Yeah. It something be, something to that capacity. It would be cool to have like a daily summary that popped up, kind of like we have for like weekly uh, adventure sync rewards. It'd be cool to be oh, like, hey, yesterday you caught this many Pokemon, you earned this much experience. Like people would share that all over the place. Oh, a hundred percent. The the information for the level up stuff is awesome. I love that. And you only gonna get to see it, you know. Nine times, ten, yeah. nine times, depending on what level you were at the time it was added, 10 times Yeah, if you're level 40. And I mean, I see some of these hardcore players because we follow quite a few of them on, on Twitter yeah. that are like, oh, here is my here's my trainer card before. And at the end of the day, I caught 10,000 Pokemon, earned five million experience stuff like that. And that just doesn't like if it was on like a Pokemon Go screenshot, like nice and verifiable and stuff like that, I just feel like it would just be more engaging. I would be so all over it. If they could add the system they have for Adventure Sync for a daily level. Yeah. It'd be amazing. I would have more incentive to play, honestly, not going to lie. Mm -hmm. And I bet you some Discord bots that scan that sort of stuff from screenshots would just have a heyday with the oh, yeah. breadth of information oh, yeah. available to them. Yeah. Anyway, thank you for that long and informative response, Camo. And as you mentioned yourself, yeah, it could have been an email, man. <laughs> no, but thank you very much. It was well thought out. This text was from Kelvin. I'd redesign it to not exist. <laughs> Are we talking about York Uh Looking back to when I had more Stardust, I'd always be super cautious of leveling something up all the way to 40. Most of my Pokemon were like level 35 because the extra Stardust was not worth it to me. A lot of people are like that. That's that's fine. That's great. I make exceptions for it for like favorites or good rating Pokemon. But now I've become an addict of powering up for some reason. And I'm wasting my Stardust collection on stuff like a level 50 slacking just because it's CP is now over 5000. <laughs> what have I become? I also used to really enjoy Ultra League before these XLs were a thing. And now I couldn't even buy a win without using 20,000 million Stardust rant over. <laughs> Kelvin is everyone. <laughs> they're, they're, yeah. 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 No, it is really tempting to power up slacking because it does hit a really high CP number. But for one, I was so sad that I did that and it was sitting at the top of my box for so long. I'm happy to see it buried by a Garchomp. <laughs> Look, I'm not going to lie. I have come very close several times to transferring both my shiny and not shiny slacking just to get them out of the top of my CPs. Really? I have other shiny slack offs, so it's not like it's a big deal. But it's just they're all they're both like thirty five hundred or whatever, and they're just always there when I'm sorting to get certain Pokemon that I just know are at the top. Because like when I'm sorting by CP, it means that I'm looking for the strongest Pokemon that I have, and slacking ain't that. <laughs> but anyway, thank you for the response, Calvin. Next answer is from C Bay, and they said 
maybe a minimum of one guaranteed XL candy for an excellent throw, as well as reduce the cost somewhere staying around 220 to 230 XL candies to max a Pokemon out instead of 296 or reduce the conversion rate. I, I agree. Yep. It, the problem, as much as I like the reduce the conversion rate, the problem arises from the super players that have existed. There is somebody out there who has 10,000 Mudkip candy right now that they're not converting because it wouldn't get them their XL Swampert anyways. Yeah. And, and I wish there was a way to fix the situation so that only newly caught candy, you could convert like 10 to 1. Maybe... I don't know. I think I think reducing the conversion rate isn't necessarily the way to go. I think reducing the amount of candies is a, if I had to choose between the two, that would be the way to go. Because if they're not willing to to re you know revamp the system because people are like it takes too long and people that cheat have an advantage. All true, very very true. Lower the threshold so more like medium grade uh, players can can access this tier with some minimal well. With with some good effort, it wouldn't be minimal. Two twenty to two thirty XL candies is still up, still quite a bit. <laughs> but two ninety six is also just in a clean number, and it makes my skin crawl. <laughs> yeah, but also, if you can get two thirty, you can get two ninety six. Oh, sure. It's I'm just saying it's you. You've already made it seventy eight to eighty percent of the way there. That's it's not a significant enough impact. If they don't also change the way it's earned. Okay. Now one XL every excellent throw. Yeah. That is also an okay change too. It's it's a good reward for landing the excellent throw. The problem becomes how weighted excellent throws then are. Yeah. There's they already are. Really, <laughs> there, there's really high pressure to land excellent throw every time if you care about stuff yeah but in but this game. that's the sort of excellent throws the sort of thing that you really can't cheese uh and it's it yeah. is a practiced skill if you're a skilled player you know what you're doing you get more excellent throws and so it really rewards skill i'm feeling attacked right now yeah i mean like if you've been playing this game for several years it's it should be very easy for you to land excellent throws consistently unless you're like hot garbador at it, you know what i mean but thankfully, I Garboder. yeah. Oh, sorry, that's right, Garboder. But thankfully, <laughs> I don't know any co-host like that at all. So, well, you know what? <laughs> I, don't, I don't. What? I don't, I don't have. I don't have a clever comeback. What? I don't have a clever uh, singing comeback right now. Come at me on this family-friendly show. Come, come back in like twenty minutes after we hang up this call. You're just gonna like just grill me. <laughs> Uh, All right. Well, anyway, Seabai, thank you very much for that answer. This next one's from Artemis Dragon. I make XLs 100% from trades obtainable as rewards like rare candies from raids, GBL tasks. I also make XLs accessible to all over level 30, but grayed out. The why is to counter all of the soft cheating with like walkers and phone rockers and the more frowned upon spoofing element. I agree. I think those are excellent ways to go about that. Make them more obtainable in ways that are admittedly a little bit mundane. And more varied, which is always good, but take it away from the things that can be abused. It's nice. 
yeah, I mean, it's is positive. It just it really needs just just introduce candy rare candy XL in an obtainable fashion would solve so many issues. Sure would. Next response is from Butta B. And they said, my answer to the PokePole is I don't get XL candy at all, and they should either make it simpler or ditch it. Sorry if it's controversial. Not controversial. I think a lot of people think they should just get rid of XL candy. <laughs> yep. You're riding the pulse there. 100%. The next response is in the form of an email from Tristan. First of all, I do agree with both of you. Rare Candy XL should be obtainable outside the leveling up from 40 to 50 rewards, and one Candy XL should be always guaranteed, whether it's for a catch or a trade. Secondly, I do like the scaling odds of this feature. Catching a higher level Pokemon gives you a higher chance of acquiring XL Candy, but that should be for two or three Candy XL since one should be guaranteed. Same for traits. One is guaranteed, and the further the distance between the catch locations of the traded Pokemon, the more likely you both are to get two or three Candy XL for the trade. And last but not least, my own idea. I think every trainer should be able to acquire Candy XL. But like now, only level 40 plus trainers can spend the Candy XL. That way, also trainers from level 1 to level 40 can farm the XL Candy during certain events so they can use it later on in their Pokemon Go journey. The best example I can give for this right now, imagine hitting level 40 the day after Gibble Community Day. Curious to hear what you two think of my idea. Stay safe, Tristan. But when you paint a tragedy as clearly as you just did there, it's hard to deny. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That feels bad. I definitely agree with that completely. You should get XL candy no matter what. And only being able to spend it at level 40 plus seems like a good compromise for the current situation. And it lets people who are going to get to level 40 benefit specifically from community days because a casual player is going to hit a lot of community days before they hit 40. Yep. For example. Yep. 100%. Agreed. Thank you for the email, Tristan. And the last one also comes in the form of an email from drew Two. They said, I completely agree with Kyle that any raid should yield at least three candy XL. I'd love to try and get my shiny Conkelder up to level 50, but it's an absolute grind to get candy XL for it since timber doesn't appear in the wild. A raid often doesn't yield any because it's either level 20 or 25, and getting one in a 10k egg is a rarity. Walking it is the only other option, and I would have to walk it nearly 1,500 kilometers to acquire 296 XL, assuming I get a candy every time. Ooh, I know that pain right there. <laughs> Which brings me to another change. Walking your buddy should yield a candy XL every time. It's immensely frustrating to walk enough to earn a candy and then the XL notification doesn't pop up. I just want to take a quick moment and comment here. If your buddy is max level, is level 40, you have like an 80 something percent chance of getting an XL candy. So it is very high. It's only if you're walking that level 20 buddy that the odds are more like 50-50. I learned this the other day, so I'm just sharing it here. Oh, I thought I was just incredibly lucky. Yeah. No, because <laughs> I've only been doing best buddy stuff with my 100% that I've been maxing out. So it, it made sense because the first thing I maxed out was a Metacham, which I'd already taken to level 40 for PvP. So I was getting it like crazy. And then I switched to a Stunfisk and it suddenly wasn't getting nearly as many. And then I found mm. a comment chain on Reddit and I did a little bit of research. And 
the information is a little bit fuzzy because it's it's a hard thing to nail down, but it seems everyone is in agreement about it. Gotcha, gotcha. But there's a little more to the response. Lastly, I changed the Excel system for community days. Playing for the complete eight hours during a community day should allow you to have enough candy XL to power up at least one Pokemon to level 50. But if you're not weather boosted, then it's then it probably won't happen. During Gibble Community Day, there wasn't a cloud in the sky where I live, and yet in-game weather app was convinced it was cloudy for the first three hours. I lost out on so many candy XL simply because the weather was off. Perhaps during community days, they could automatically add the weather boost to level the playing field for everyone. Signed, Drew 2. I think this raises a fantastic point, although I don't necessarily agree with the solution. Weather boosting, as we saw with Gibble Community Day, creates a massive power imbalance just based on where you live. Mm -hmm. You know, you can see as much as a 50% difference in XL candy for people who had six hours of weather boosted to those who didn't. And, And I say this as somebody who played in five four and a half or five hours of weather boosted for gibble we were hashtag too blessed to stress yes like we, for we real. really were it was it was ridiculous yeah. especially because it switched from one boost to the other the first yeah. three hours it was boosted dragon the end it was boosted ground but that's beside the point i think a better solution is make community days fixed candy as a part of a new addition to Community Day Rewards, for every Gibble that you catch on the Community Day on July th- on July 3rd, Tepig, as we'll say, you will get one Candy XL, guaranteed. Or a system like that, make, make there a guarantee. Don't make it a chance anymore. Don't tie it to weather boosting specifically for Community Day, I think really needs to happen in the future. I agree. I've never really sat to, to think about it just because I thought, you know, it's a random chance that's equally random for everybody all over the place. Although that's not necessarily true. There are several places of the world that never see snow and there are several places of the world that never see rain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, I guess it's not as fair as, as I thought, but uh, way to bring attention to it for sure. Thank you very much. True too. So this week's PokePoll is what is the best thing that has happened to you due to playing Pokemon Go that isn't in the game itself? So don't tell us about your 100% shiny that you've got. Not about that. Tell us about how you, you know, uh, uh, you found a common hobby with your with your parent or with a sibling that you don't really have a lot in common with, or how you met your uh, fiance or something like that, you know, because we hear those stories all the time. And I think right now, considering the current climate, especially on social media, we need more of this. All right. And Chris, you can't just say making the podcast. So what's okay? Is that because you're going to say it first? No, I'm not going to say it because that is definitely cheating. Because if you really want to say the answer, (laughs) we both know that that's what that is. That's 100% fair. I <laughs> am in agreement. I, yeah. Okay. So probably for me, it's been rekindling my love of Pokemon just in general. I've reconnected with a core part of myself that I thought that I had kind of grown away from. I, I still continue to play the games and such, but my real love for Pokemon, while has always been there, has never been at such a fever pitch as it's been with Pokemon Go, other than when I was like, a young kid playing generation one and especially generation two, like 
the level of hype and love and positivity that I get from being a Pokemon fan as an adult and not feeling ashamed of it because so many other adults around me that I'm good <laughs> friends with are right there with me. It's it's magic and I have a lot of appreciation for it. And that wouldn't have been possible without Pokemon Go. That's a really good answer. And it's it's definitely one I could like take for myself no problem because it's a hundred percent true. Yeah. But I think what is some of the best thing that's happened because of Go for me is the people I've got to meet. And regardless of how this podcast goes or what happens in the life cycle of Pokemon Go, I can guarantee that there are people I've met that I will stay in contact with for a long time. And that's invaluable. Yep. 100%. Uh, we're blessed within the Pokemon sphere to have, a, a, like we said before, a really great listener base. And our patron community is off the charts. Wonderful. So we're very lucky and thankful for that, too. But, dear listener, if you have an answer to this question, we want to hear your stories. Make us cry on episode 151. Let's do it. It'll be, what is the best thing that's happened to you due to Pokemon Go that isn't in the game itself? And if you'd like to respond to that, you can answer the question when it's posted on Twitter or if you're a patron in our Pokepole Discord channel. You can also leave us a voicemail with your answer to 262-586-7717. Or if you're so inclined, you can, of course, send us an email to mail at gocastpodcast.com. But before we get into any email related content or otherwise, we are going to pass this on over to Fish and special guest Gracie. DeFi is out on vacation this week. And uh, this PvP corner is going to be covering a listener question and a deep dive into Element Cup. Over to you. I am Fish Nahida. I'm Gracie Z. And this is PvP Corner, the PvP segment that is sitting at a comfortable 500 CP. Gracie, hey, welcome into the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Hopefully DeFi can have her nice vacation and enjoy some time off. I'll be your substitute teacher for the day. <laughs> so tell us a bit about yourself, kind of your PvP story, kind of where where you belong in the whole PvP scene. Yeah. So I started PvP just like casually on Sylph, obviously just kind of having fun with it. Got into Go Battle League, did a little bit of Twitch stream. I haven't been able to do that in a while, but it's it's I still like try to be a part of that community. I am part of a girls at PvP. I do a lot of community tournaments. I, I did regionals. I'm in factions. Like I do a lot, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, and speaking of, you just had your regionals recently. Was it last weekend? Yeah, it was the tw- actually it was like four days ago. It was the twentieth, so it was Saturday. I went two and two. It was okay. It was really rough. I played against really good people. Um, Village of Wolves was my first uh, opponent, and him and I are both Oof. kind of close. Obviously, it's regional, so like he lives one state away from me, and uh, he's really good. <laughs> so I like bowed out of that very very gracefully. Hopefully. <laughs> um, he beat me fair and square. But yeah, I went two and two, which was it was fine. How did you have your regionals as well? Um, I did, and I was the same. I went two and two. 
it's a hard scene. Like it's one of those things where it's like you just you just never know. Yeah, yeah. This this meta is so open, so diverse, and I've said on the podcast a few times where it seems to be the more open a meta is, the worse I seem to do at it. So yeah, it just happened to be that that happened to be regionals month. So many things going on with that meta. You're just like you don't know what to expect. Things are coming at you left and right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but I do want to give a shout out to a battler that I uh, came across probably like three, four hours ago as of this recording, uh, who is JD Mojo Jojo. Shout out to him because um, he he taught me a bit of a lesson oh, in, no. in Sylph and in life, Gracie. Oh, man. Let's hear it. <laughs> um, I played against him in a Venture Cup tournament. It's It was the uh, BTW Beginner to Winner podcast. Oh, yeah. They, yeah, yeah, they were doing their monthly uh, arena tournament, and I came against this battler, and in battle two, I experienced some lag. It stopped me from being able to throw a charge move on my Bomber Snow, and I was debating whether to bring that up and request a rematch, which okay. you can do with Sylph battles when you experience lag. But I thought, you know, I've already been doing badly for this month. Regionals has already passed, so rank doesn't kind of mean as much at this stage. And I'd have to go through the process of, of showing him the video footage and mm-hmm. and whatnot. So I just thought, just move on. Just go to Battle 3. Hopefully win that third battle. I did that and ended up losing the battle. So uh, I lose that set of three. And um, he, he, you know, messages me to say good games, GG. And right. I messaged back, yeah, GG, I really should have asked for a replay in match two. And I explained the lag situation. Right. That's not something I should have done because you know what that does, Gracie? Well, I could see, like, makes you feel better, but maybe not, not them. Not them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So all I'm doing is like invalidating his win. I'm I'm telling him, oh yeah, you didn't win because of skill. Because of skill, yeah. Yeah, be, you won because you know circumstances just played out in your favor. It was all luck. So it's it's a kind of a guilty habit that myself and a lot of other people have. Oh yeah, I think we've all done it a little bit. Like, oh, if that just wouldn't have you know done that, then it would have been I would have gotten it or that would have gone off mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah, I think we've all done some variation of that. Yeah, totally, totally. And what made me feel worse about that was that we were having a conversation about it and then he finished off by saying, oh, by the way, tell DeFi that I love the segment that you guys do on GoCast Podcast. It's the <laughs> only reason I listen to that show. No! <laughs> and it really helped me with my game. Uh, sometimes I even, you know, rewind it and, and listen to it again a second time. Oh, man. <laughs> Right. right in the heartstrings. Yeah, exactly. So, like, not only did I just do a jerky thing to this guy, but then he's, he's responded by showering me with all, all this love. And so I just wanted to, you know, give him a, a shout-out and thank him for kind of... Serving you some humble pie up in yeah. there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Just yeah. giving me a, a rework of my perspective. I think we all need that sometimes, though, because, I mean, I've definitely been salty from a, from a loss before, but... Sometimes it's good to be in perspective of like, oh, these people actually know you from other things and like care about care about care about the scene. Yeah, absolutely. So moving on, we have confirmation that Tepic will be the Pokemon for Community Day in July, and that means Embor is getting 
blast burn like yeah. all of the other fire starters. So do you have any quick hot takes on Ember with blast burn, how that's going to affect the meta? Um, let's see. I, let's see. It'll be firefighting. So that'll be kind of like a Blaziken style, I would think. Yep. It does get, what is it? Rock slide. So maybe the lesser of rock moves. Cause like, I think believe Blaziken gets stone edge, stone right? Stone edge. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know if it'll be as useful. I think it still will be one that people could, you know, jump in there and, Use for fun. That shiny, though. The shiny looks real good. Does it? What, what does the shiny look like? Uh, let's see. So it has, like, a fire beard, but the beard turns, like, the blue Ponita color. Like, shiny Ponita. Oh, and then it's, yeah. uh, the stomach is blue and gray instead of yellow and red. So it's 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 a good shiny. It's a good one. Yeah, okay. I, I think blue is my favorite shiny color. <laughs> yeah, when they just change, like, drastically like that, like, it's a good sprite. Yes, agree. Uh, we will be looking at it a little bit closer in a future episode just to, you know, really nail down like where exactly it will fit in the meta. Just for now, we wanted to give a bit of a first impression. We have a listener question coming in from Theo. Did you want to hear the question, Gracie? Yeah, let's hear it. So Theo says, I have a question for Fish and DeFi. And Gracie, I have a GBL team for Great League consisting of Stunfisk with Mudshot, Discharge, and Mud Bomb. Okay. Altaria with Dragon Breath, Sky Attack, and Dragon Pulse. And Registeel, Lock On, and Flash Cannon. All right. Now, my question is if there is any flaw in this team or something I could improve, or just a generally better team. I've been getting some losses here and there, but that's mostly because of those stupid double charmers. Yeah. So, Gracie, what is your impression of this team? Okay, so Stunfisk, Altaria, Registeel. Well, okay, so there's always going to be flaws in a team, right? Every team as a whole, that's kind of like the point of GPL. There's no, like, one team that's going to get you to legendary status. Right. All three, you can get beat by G-Fisk, Azu, Wish Cash, and Umbreon, and I believe Nito. So if you're seeing a lot of those, you're going to want to change stuff up. It depends on what you're seeing, I guess. Let's see. What could you replace that with? Well, um, I was looking up, like, Meganium would be a good option to maybe replace Stunfisk with. Mm -hmm. But then, like Gracie said, like, that's not going to cover up all your holes because then you're a bit weak to... Ices, so having Altaria and Meganium on the same team, uh, you'll lose pretty badly to like a Lol on Sandslash, uh, like a Marwa with Ice Fang. You got to worry about uh, an Ice Beam from Azumarill. So, yeah, th- there's always going to be those holes there. Then you can maybe replace Registeel with Jellicent to cover those holes. But then you've opened up a hole to a Bomber and Pidgeot <laughs> and the like. So, uh, another option for you could be to just learn that team and, and use it over and over again and get acquainted with it so you know how to deal with those threats when they do come up. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, losing is actually pretty normal in GBL because there's that blind factor of like, oh, what are they going to have in for their open or what are they going to have as their team comp because it's kind of, you know, random and luck. If you're 
above 50%, you're actually doing pretty well because most people go between 50 and 60% if they're like in the high tier. Um, if you're above 60, then you're just like already at like on the leaderboard and insane like freak of nature. <laughs> um, right. Yeah. And that's no matter what team you're running. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And just a, a simple thing you can do to improve your team is to add the second move onto Registeel. So Focus oh, yeah. Blast gives it some fantastic coverage, which it can use against Pokemon that might resist Flash Cannon or that just might be neutral to Flash Cannon, but uh, weak to Focus Blast. So it gives you just that extra bit of versatility there that can change a lot of matchups. Uh, there is a follow-up. Theo did send us another one asking what a good budget Ultra League team would be that can get you into the best rank of GBL. Ooh, okay. So the starter team is solid. It is, you know, your Swampert, Charizard, Venusaur. All of these have 10k Stardust for a second move, so it's not super expensive. It is also something you probably have candy for from Community Day and the legacy moves from Community Day. You don't have to like max them out or use any XL candy for that. So they're a good, cheap way, and they cover a lot of bases. What are you using at the moment? Um, I'm actually using a variation of that. I have Charizard Machamp Swampert. So I kind of had the same thing. Machamp is a little bit more expensive. You don't, have to, you don't have to use XL Candy or anything, but it is more to get that second move and power it up a little bit with Stardust and Candy. And But it had its community day and it had, you know, it's been in the game for a long time enough that you probably have some candy for it so that one i like a lot because it does help a lot with flying and such with the rock slide and also i've been seeing a lot of empoleons yeah it it wrecks that for the steel steel typing so yeah absolutely so look unfortunately that is all we have time and space for here no you're, yeah, absolutely. There is no, there's nothing else happening it. in PvP right now. You have, so to, ex- you guess... have to accept it, Fish. You have to accept it. Element yeah, Cup but... is here. No, I don't know what you're talking about, Gracie. Yes, you do. <laughs> no. You're just mad <laughs> because it's going to be rough, but it'll be okay. It'll be a cheap, it... fun cup. I, I, I don't want it to be a cup, Gracie. <laughs> I don't want there to be a 500 CP cup in GBO. Because uh, there, there's just so many better things that you can spend your Stardust on. Okay, that's fair. Like double moving a 500 CP Bulbasaur. Yeah, okay, that's fair. But <laughs> it's here. We have to accept it. We're going to take it in. With open arms. It's going to happen. <laughs> okay, so the Element Cup is uh, approaching fast. Um, it is a 500 CP cup where only grass, water, and fire Pokemon are allowed. Mm-hmm. And you do get double Stardust for participating. So you get some of that Stardust back, maybe, if you do well. So, all right, uh, what are some of the Pokemon that you're going to want to have to look out for if you want to compete in this Element Cup? All right, so basically last time it was a lot of bronzer versus bronzer matchups. This time I think it's going to be Ducklet is going to be the main star of the show. It is water, but he's not weak to grass and resist fire because of the flying type. Also, it can learn Brave Bird, which we know is an insane move. It can one-shot like 60% of the meta for Element Cup, so that is going to be a rough time. However, it does have some weaknesses. Has a nemesis. Yeah, it has one big bad nemesis, and that is Chin Chow, 
which is the basic form of Lantern. It is a water electric type, and it's it's pretty bulky, one of the bulkier things in this cup. And just with that water and electric typing, it is just the one thing that absolutely murders a ducklet. It yeah. just has itself some roast duck for dinner. Um, <laughs> it will beat ducklet in every shield scenario. Every shield oh, scenario. Nice. Every shield. So, yeah, that's basically what you want to line up with with that ducklet. Right. So then you've got ducklet, you've got chin chow. What if you want to beat the chin chow? So grasses. They're the ones that are going to put up a fight with ducklet because, for example, Chikorita beats it in one and two shields. And let's see, it also beats chin chow pretty comfortably. Um, It is going to make it have a bad time. So, <laughs> for, yeah. Chikorita is going to be a good alternative. What are some others that you can think of that would be good? So if you don't want to use a Chikorita, there are other options such as Cottony, Bulbasaur, Oddish, Budju, and Turtwig. But there are other grass Pokemon too. They all kind of really do similar things. So maybe just test some Pokemon out yourself. And also... The shadow versions of these Pokemon are all very right. similar in performance to the regular forms. So uh, you can use really whichever one you want, depending on what you'd find more fun. Right. And all the shadows obviously are going to cost a little bit more. But yeah, it'd be fun to try stuff out if you are if you have the Stardust to do it. And you're not like fish and don't want to spend <laughs> an ungodly amount of Stardust for 500 I don't want to... <laughs> Okay, what about fires? Okay, let's see. Fires, we have Vulpix, Growlithe, Tepig, Litwick. Um, Litwick's a fun one because it has that ghost typing, so it's going to resist some of the Pokemon that have Body Slam as their charge attack. Uh, let's see, there is one more really good fire Pokemon. Do you want to talk about it? Yes, I do. It is Slugma. Slugma is a really interesting fire type in this meta because it doesn't act like all the other fires. It's got Rock Throw, rock slide and flame charge as its moves so it can not only very comfortably beat the grasses with that fire typing but it can also beat ducklet with the rock moves so it's a fire Uh type that can beat ducklet yeah that flying typing kind of gives it that last bit of weakness um, let's see. Wooper is another one. It was a really, it was popular last time, if I remember correctly. It destroys Chinchow and other fires, including Slugma, but it does not like those grass types. It goes running and screaming. It's very scared of those little shrubberies. It does have play against Ducklet, but it needs a little bit of an energy boost because it will lose against even shields. So you have to have some of a little bit of advantage for it on that one because if you get brave birded, it's not going to be a fun time. So Boobers are one of those really good ones if you want to have kind of something that can have play against multiple types, but again, it's not going to like those grass Pokemon. And the final one we want to talk about here is Seal, the basic form of Dugong. Mm -hmm. It's got Ice Shard and Icy Wind like Dugong does, but its other move is Aqua Tail, which um, is... it kind of puts it ahead of where Dugong is in, in Open Great League because uh, Dugong's second move is is like a water pulse, which is pretty bad. <laughs> um, so right. with the Ice Shard and Icy Wind, it can do what Dugong generally does, which is just outlast Pokemon and grind them down, just wear them out, keep dropping that attack. It can take on the fires and the grasses, just like Slugma can, but it will generally lose to Slugma because it is the part ice type. 
So it's going to take the super effective damage from the rock moves. It does also have play against Ducklet because the water flying type makes it neutral to ice moves. So that one's a, a bit more of an even matchup. But again, like everything else, don't get bright birded. Yeah. So that is it for the element cup if anything changes or we discover something new we'll make sure to update you gracie thank you so much for joining us oh yeah anytime like i said if uh defy or you need an extra vacation let me know we'll step in can do and there is something that we did want to mention gracie you've got a gofundme happening at the moment Okay, yeah. So I do have a I do have a GoFundMe happening. I shared it with some of the other podcasts as well. It is out there for if anybody wants to donate. It's just from a unfortunate uh, emergency surgery I had to have. Basically, left me kind of in the dust of like, oh, didn't know this was happening. And I also just left my teaching job to pursue my dream of getting a PhD. So my paycheck is about to end. And so it was just kind of like a perfect storm of things going on in my life and. Uh, it'll be in the show notes. Um, you can find me on Twitter. It's Lady Zarain, L-A-D-Y-Z-R-A-I-N. Yeah, it's just uh, the whole story's on there. Basically, I had to have this crazy surgery that I didn't expect to have until I was older. Yeah, and Gracie has been such an integral part of um, the communities of, uh, you know, Pokemon Go Radio and uh, a lot of other PvP spaces. She's very entrenched in the scene, so we've all been very quick to jump on to the cause and help her out i don't know if DeFi has mentioned anything to you about the thing that we're planning said a little bit um i i have i i have an inkling i'm humbled yep. so yeah i've been i've been sworn to secrecy i'm not allowed to reveal any more than good. what you already know but we are, we are planning but something yeah the outpouring from the community has been amazing i seriously like feel bad even asking because it's already been such a beautiful like experience seeing all these people come together for little old me and so again <laughs> thank you so much if you already have seen it if you haven't even just a share just just maybe get some visual of it so people can donate if they want to is more than enough so yeah that link should be in the show notes if you do want to help out if you want to get in touch with us to send us some feedback or some questions that you want covered on the show or some content ideas <laughs> um let us know mail at gocastpodcast.com and we will see you next week. Sounds good. Have a good week. All right. Thank you very, very much, Fish, for such a great PvP corner segment. Much appreciated. And of course, a very special thank you to Gracie as well. I will leave all the information to that GoFundMe in the show notes as requested. Please, please, please take a look-see and uh, do what you can. All right, that brings us to our last and final section of this monstrous show, and that is emails. Yes, and no voicemails this week. Our first email here is from Ant. Hi, Chris and Kyle. What's up? First time emailer, recent finder of your channel. I'm from England and really enjoy the content of your show. It's very informative and well put together. Oh, stop. <laughs> I often listen to it on the M25, busiest road in London on my way to work. I have a question regarding a very unusual occurrence in my locality in Essex. The local community has spent some serious time since the launch of Wayfair. Us level 40 pluses have been making an effort to get extra stops added in the locality. We've added 13 stops in five gyms within walking distance. 
However, we seem to have a problem. Over the last four weeks, two stops have disappeared. Seems like there is an option to report an invalid stop. We seem to have a case of poke terrorism taking place. Have you heard of this? Wayfarer seems to have an approval process, but there doesn't seem to be an appeal process or sense check for the system. Is this a local problem or have you heard of this? Kind regards, Anthony, a.k.a. Big Eddie. Uh, that's a great question. Um, to my knowledge, and I'll have to I'll have to ask our Wayfarer uh, specialists in our community because Kyle and I are not very Wayfarer savvy, but they should only be removed if they're not valid stops in the first place. And if that's otherwise, I would probably recommend opening up a support ticket with Niantic and try to figure out what's going on. You can also just try and resubmit the stop. It's that's very it's, true. It's possible that it was removed because somebody deemed it not a valid stop and you can submit it and put in your application why it's a valid stop and see if it gets reapproved. If it gets reapproved and then removed again, well that's a that's another huge problem right there. Then you gotta go door to door and find out who's doing this report in my poker stop. <laughs> but anyway, good luck with that and let us know how it goes. Thank you very much for the email. Next email is from Tristan. And they said, Hi, Go Christ Pod Kylest. I wanted to tell you massive congratulations on episode 150. Woo! You two do amazing work and make my weekend Pokemon Go grind so much better. Whenever the podcast ends, I'm always instantly looking forward to the next. Can't wait to meet y'all out there one day. Until then, much love, Tristan. Thank you so much for the really nice email. I can't believe we've been doing it for 150 episodes already. And that doesn't even count interviews and mailbags and stuff and, like and anything. else. It's it's just proper episodes, man. Yeah, <laughs> it's been a time and it's been a fantastic time making them. And I'm so glad that so many people are able to enjoy it. Yes, likewise, I feel the exact same way, Tristan. Thank you very much for Saying this in and acknowledging 150. It's a it's a nice little milestone for sure. This next email is from Theo. Hey, awesome Pokemon trainers writing in again for goals and questions. So old goals were 100,000 experience, 50,000 Stardust and 50 kilometer Adventure Sync rewards. Got the XP and Stardust, but no Adventure Sync rewards. Not even close. It was <laughs> so hot outside that you just burn alive. Yep. Oh, boy where i live it said that we will break the heat record with 98.6 degrees fahrenheit or 37 degrees celsius that's hot but back to goals i want to earn yet again 100,000 experience starting at 9.7 million and 50,000 stardust starting at 109.8 thousand then i want to do some pvp so let's say 50 matches starting at 230 ultra league matches so Badoof seems like a very fun event, and I will definitely get all the moves that are exclusive for some little cup Badoof. I will probably grind for the XP because I'm still level 37, and I want to hit 40 by the end of the year. Well, good luck. Question time. I was wondering, if Niantic chose to have you make another way for free-to-play players to get 50 more Poco Coins a day, what system slash challenge would you make? Thanks for making this awesome podcast from Theo, the Pokemon lover. Shiny vibes all. Gosh, I love that Mitch is saying has just gotten into every, it's such it's such a nice it's, sign. It's off. so positive. It is. It's really great. Um, all right. So. My answer would be to just expand the current system as is and just raise the cap for gyms and add a couple of other ways of getting things like we saw in the tests in Australia. I'm wondering what happened to that. We were looking forward to seeing it. 
as for my answer, I don't think there's anything wrong with raising the cap for gyms for people who want to keep taking them. It might be worth the effort at 100 coins a day at that point. <laughs> True. But I would tie them to tasks. I, I think what they had potentially going in New Zealand was in Australia was a good idea to catch 50 Pokemon a day, give the task complete for 50 rewards, complete five field research, that kind of stuff to interact with the game on a base level, but to actively be interacting with it versus the more passive that is sitting in a gym. Fair enough. It is very difficult to consistently strategize with this because gym battling is kind of a joke. And holding gyms is a joke depending on what area you're in, in both yeah. directions. Either you hold it too long or you can't stay in one. You either put a blissey in or you don't. And even if you do, it doesn't make a big difference. Nope. Just takes them another 30 seconds. A few seconds. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for the email, Theo. Always a pleasure. Next email is from Lee. And they said, hello, Chris and Kyle. My name is Lee. My favorite Pokemon is Umbreon. And I've just started listening to the podcast and enjoy it so far. Even started listening to the old ones as well. You're one of them. But now, to my point, how awesome would it be to have one of the grunts to have Shadow Eevee? Everyone loves one form of Eevee, at least, and this would allow for so much variation. I know this would get me to do more Rocket Grunts. What do you think? Is this a good idea or something Niantic would do? You can bet. Niantic is thinking about how to do it. So when I read this email before and I was like, this is brilliant. But one of the things that I think they might not do is because Pokemon company is really particular about the way that certain flagship Pokemon are portrayed. They might not allow it. Like, I don't think we're going to see a shadow Pikachu. Yeah. And I don't think we're going to see a shadow Eevee less. So confidence wise for that one. I, I only think Pikachu's off limits personally because okay. we got Charizard and it's Charizard is is number two flagship. It's not even a question. Yeah, but we've like had a clone of Charizard as well and a couple of other things. We didn't get clone Pikachu. Yeah. Even though it exists. Yeah. But that, that's what I'm saying is that's why I think that Eevee is not off limits. OK, well, could be. I just it's hesitant because, oh, no. It's a it's a triple layer of RNG. You need a shadow. You need a good shadow. And then you need it to roll into the EV you want. Yeah, that's something else. Um, and if they ever put the purified bonus back in, man, that would be kind of cool to see like a, like a purified Sylveon it would look really cool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Visually, just just not statistically. Yeah, <laughs> we don't talk about that. It's OK. No, no. But thank you very much for sending in the email, Lee. Next one's from, and please forgive me if I'm not pronouncing this correctly, and feel free to correct me via email, uh, Resic. Hello, Chris and Kyle. I just wanted to write how recently Pokemon saved our tortoise. Oh, wow. First, I want to commend my awesome wife and her Pokemon skills. She lightly played the game at the beginning and really picked up during November when the level 40 promo was on. She knocked her last 10 levels out in less than a month. Whoa. Wow. Now she's a level ahead of me at the 43. We have an African spurred thighed tortoise. His name is Hot Rod. And she must have found a hole to escape, which for a 40 pound tortoise, not easy. We drove around the neighborhood nonstop to try to find her. We thought we'd never find her. My wife found out that we had a local Pokemon group and thought since they drive around a lot, they would be able to put a few more eyes out there. 
there is a happy ending. Some of these local players posted on their pages and someone did find the tortoise and knew who it belonged to because of those posts. She is now happily at home. Thought it was cool how much community there is among Pokemon Go players. This is great. They answered our Pokepole question <laughs> from the future. Right? <laughs> yeah. This is fantastic. Also, Hot Rod for the name of a of an African spurred thigh tortoise. 40 pound tortoise. It's a classy it's, it's name. Good. It's, that's a good. That's name. a good name. Yep. Thank you very much for your email. Appreciate it. Last emails from Mitch. He said, hello, Chris and Kyle. It's summer, baby. As of two days ago. Yes. Yep. I'm excited for Tepic Community Day. He's probably my second favorite starter next to Cyndaquil. My man. My first best buddy was Tepig, and he's been waiting a long time for this moment to evolve into a Blastburn and Embor. So excited to see you guys, right? Tepig Community Day represents a return to normalcy. To a certain degree. Yes. Yeah. Speaking of which, there's been a lot of hoopla around Niantic reverting pandemic era changes. While there's no way to do this in a way that pleases everyone, I think they're handling it the best way they can. There is about to be a huge paradigm shift in the way people play Go because of the changing global situation. I feel like if you're vaccinated, there is not a lot to complain about. I can't even remember the last time I pulled up to an in-person raid to see smiling faces of my local players. It's time. If you're not vaccinated yet, do it so you can go out there and go. Thanks, Chris and Kyle. Time for goals. Old goals, 100 uh, GBL matches. Nope. 900K dust. Nope. 1 million experience. Yes. Thank you, gift experience bonuses. <laughs> nice. New goals. Shiny Regigigas and Bidoof. 2 million experience. Rank 15 in GBL. Shiny vibes all. In person? Question mark. Signed. Cook's gravy, etc all everything thanks for the email mitch and shiny vibes right back at you likewise yeah let's see if we can't figure out if we're going to do something or not uh but i i would agree with you it's great to see things getting back to normal and niantic did warn us that they would re be returning things back to normal although we might disagree at the level of severity that these changes are doing uh within the time period that they're happening but uh, agreed that getting back to air quotes i'm doing air quotes here Normal is definitely the goal for everybody. Thank you very much. All right, dear listener, if you'd like to send an email just like these fine folks did, you can send it to mail at gocastpodcast.com. You can, of course, also leave us a voicemail. Just call 262-586-7717 and leave us a voicemail. And we'll listen to it on the show and we'll react to it as if it were an email being read. It's a lot of fun. You can visit our website, gocastpodcast.com. You can follow us on Twitter at GoCast Podcast. If you'd like to help support the show for as little as $1 a month, you can gain access to our Patreon Discord, which is the best perk that we offer. You can find out more about that at Patreon. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash GoCast Podcast. And while we're talking about our fantastic patrons, shout out to our Elite Trainer tier patrons, Cyprian, Bo, Daniel, Zach Walker, Andrew, Chad, Robert, Laurie, Sports, Michael, Ozzy, Ted, Jabril, and Tish. Thank you so very, very much for your generous support and helping us keep the digital lights on. We appreciate you so very, very much. We have one five-star review since the last time we recorded, and it's from Logic44. Kyle and Chris, or is it Chris and Kyle? It's up to you. 
we've we've been there and back again. <laughs> uh, have created a family friendly space for all things Pokemon Go. The Discord community is lovely and has become my Poka home. To quote Cook's Gravy, shiny vibes all. Cheers. Yeah, it's everywhere, it's, Mitch. It's, You've it's done big. it. <laughs> You've done it. All right, Kyle, it's been a long, long show, but if I could just maybe ask you to set some goals, I think we'll be all set. The only thing this weekend is the Bidoof event, I believe. Yep. All right. Because I set goals that I can't achieve, right? Yes. Shiny Bidoof. Mostly so that if I get it, I can trade it to my girlfriend. All right. And they said there was going to be a Bidoof related announcement on the 28th. If it has any connection with anything in Go, I'd like to try and do that. I doubt it, but I'm expecting some like main Pokemon comedy shenanigans, but we'll see. Okay. And we'll say 15 GBL matches and 500,000 experience. Excellent. We will have boosted experience for the weekend and it will be more later in the week or i'd set it higher okay great i've got some similar goals going on here um i want to get two shiny badoof because if i can get two then i can just get that line finished up never have to worry about it again 20 gbl i'm going to set it low because i'm not going to i'm not going to just assume that i'm going to be as interested to play again this week as i was this last week it was kind of abnormal for sure i want to show up next week with five million stardust so I want to I want to spend a million. I wanted to make myself spend a million stardust this week. I've got it. I got to use it. So what are you going to XL? I don't know. I already have Garchomp. I think I might. I don't know. I don't know. It'll be a surprise for next time. Something for PvP. No. Yes. Uh, uh, no, I don't need to. I'm doing I'm doing very well being middling with the things I've already made. <laughs> but it's I want to make some hardcore raid counters because I'm tired of using the same Pokemon over and over and over <sighs> again. XL Metacham is so fun to use in Great League. It's, it's I believe great. it. It's great. I believe it. And lastly, I want to hit 12 million experience within the level that I'm in currently. So that would be like 700, 800K ish. Okay. Oh, wait, no, I'm sorry. That would be 1.1 million. <laughs> Math. Jeez. Yeah, it'd be 1.1 million, which should be doable because we're going to have some XP bonuses. So while well, the best won't be till later on in the week after we've recorded, I believe uh, it'll be enough, I think, to inspire me to hit some hit some excellent throws and be happy about it. <laughs> OK, and that's that. That means we've done a show. Thank you for listening to episode 150 all the way through with the ups and downs, the the laughs and the crying and the all that stuff. <laughs> Appreciate you sticking it out. And we'll catch you next week for episode 151, which will also be our three year anniversary show. Yeah. So, wow. Just knocking out the milestones left and right. See you then. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.